And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. 15. On today's Fantasy Baseball in 15, we'll review all of the moves from the day before the trade deadline. Like death and taxes, Dodgers get a Dodger. I have not had uh, three cold brews yet. It works great in a fantasy league. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15. On The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15, presented by Topps. Check out Topps Project 70, celebrating 70 years of Topps baseball cards. It's Friday, July 30th, trade deadline day. I'm Al Melchior. I am here with Derek Van Riper, DVR. So much to talk about. We could do a whole show on trades. We won't. There's lots to get to here on a Friday, so let's just get right into the trades. Uh, we So the The big movement uh, really came from the Nationals uh, on Thursday. Max Scherzer and Trey Turner uh, reportedly going to the Nationals for Josiah Gray, Kiebert Ruiz, right-hander Gerardo Carrillo, and outfielder Donovan Casey. That has not been confirmed by the teams as of this recording, uh, but it appears that that one is going to be a done deal. Also, Kyle Schwarber going to the Red Sox for minor league right-hander Aldo Ramirez. Brad Hand to the Blue Jays. For catching prospect Riley Adams. So where to begin, where to begin? Uh, let's actually start with that last note, DVR. Um, Charlie Montoyo says that he's not going to name a closer just yet, and maybe there won't be a single closer there in Toronto. So how do we deal with that situation? I, mean, I think Hand is still worth rostering for now. Everybody involved is still worth holding until we get some clarity. Maybe we get lucky and prior to Fab running a lot of leagues on Sunday night, we get a look at a couple of save opportunities for the Jays. That's what I'm hoping for. But until then, I think it's a hold situation for all parties involved. All right. And then on the Washington side of things, Kyle Finnegan getting a save on Thursday against the Phillies. So That was convenient because at least we got a little bit of a window into what might happen there going forward with the Nationals bullpen. So uh, are are you targeting Kyle Finnegan? For now, yeah. I mean, I think Tanner Rainey is a good down list contingency bid if you go min bid on him. I know he hasn't pitched well this year. He's also been hurt, but he was great a season ago. I think he has a chance to also be in the mix. It could easily become a co-closer situation. So uh, I think Finnegan is the first priority in Washington, but I'm still not giving up completely on Rainey in deeper leagues where even a partial share of saves would make a difference. All righty. And then with uh, you know two big names going to the Dodgers there, um, Gavin Lux droppable at this point. Uh, any other uh, actionable things in terms of the Dodgers roster? Yeah, I think that's the biggest one. Gavin Lux in most mixed leagues becomes droppable. Most redraft mixed leagues, that is. I think there's still some long-term value there, of course. You know, Corey Seager's a free agent. Trey Turner's not a rental, so that gives you an idea maybe how they're going to approach Corey Seager in free agency, knowing they have Turner there for the 2022 season. Uh, but Gavin Lux definitely takes a hit in the short term with Turner's arrival because things are just more crowded. 
Yeah, that they are. Uh, and a lot more trade news to get to here. Anthony Rizzo going from the Cubs to the Yankees for outfield prospect Kevin Alcantara and righty Alexander Vizcaino. Uh, so in the uh, next week in fantasy baseball, that's now out on The Athletic. I initially had something in there about Rugnet Odor being a good option for this coming week. Yankees with a great uh, set of matchups, but that infield now uh, a bit more crowded. You think DJ LeMahieu maybe goes to first base, or uh, rather goes to second base and Rizzo to first with Odor, uh, the, the odd man out, or Gio Urshela, does he maybe stand to lose some playing time? Yeah, a little bit of both, really. I mean, I think LeMahieu will play a lot more second base with Rizzo's arrival. I think the bigger question for me is what are they really going to do when everybody's healthy? Maybe it's a moot point. Maybe everybody's not healthy at any point. But this almost signals to me that Joey Gallo is going to see time in center field eventually for the Yankees because in order to make the pieces fit with both Luke Voigt and Anthony Rizzo at first base in DH, Stanton has to play in the outfield. If Stanton's in a corner, you're probably putting Gallo in center because you don't really have another great option for center field on that roster right now. Yeah, and perhaps we wind up talking about Voight on Monday's show because he has been rumored in uh, some some uh, trade reports. So uh, we'll see. I'm sure, lots more moves uh, to come on Friday before the deadline. Uh, also, the Cubs dealing Ryan Tapera to the White Sox for lefty Bailey Horn. Uh, Cesar Hernandez going from Cleveland to the White Sox for lefty Connor Pilkington. Uh, so that's a really interesting move. Fills a clear need for the White Sox. Uh, Hernandez having just a, a very unexpected season with a lot of power. Uh, so, and, and he's really he's out there in a lot of twelve teamers. So, do you think that this increases his value uh, enough that he needs to be rostered a lot more widely? Yeah, I think so. I mean, Hernandez is usually a, a guy that can do a little bit of everything, and now he's on a better team possibly in a great lineup spot. We'll see how they put the pieces together there. But I think in Cleveland, I'm curious to see how they decide to make the pieces work with Hernandez gone because they could go with Andres Jimenez and Ahmed Rosario in the middle infield together if they want to. They could play someone like Owen Miller a lot more. I think there's just a few interesting possibilities for Cleveland now. So I'm kind of keeping an eye on what they do for the next couple of days as well. Alrighty, uh, Royals dealing Danny Duffy to the Dodgers for a player to be named later. Now, I just, upon seeing this, assumed that with Duffy on the IL, not coming back for a few weeks, and of course with the Dodgers, uh, you know, now picking up Max Scherzer, uh, that Duffy would be going back to a bullpen role. I've not seen anything yet to that regard. So uh, any expectations that you have for Duffy rest of season? Yeah, I think it's a little bit more of an insurance situation. Maybe they'll use him as a long man if they need to use him as a starter because of injuries. They can actually use him as their fourth or fifth starter, and it'll be a good fit for them. But just an extra depth arm, and clearly that became more of a priority for the Dodgers over the course of this season. Yeah, that it did. So uh, maybe Duffy filling a role, much like David Price. Uh, and we'll see what happens with David Price, too, down the stretch here. And then finally, the Rays, a uh, bit of a surprise move, at least to me. Diego Castillo going to the Mariners for uh, JT Chagua and third base prospect Austin Shenton. And Jerry Depoto says that it's likely that Castillo is going to be the closer there. So for those of us who in the last week or two uh, who have speculated on Paul Seawald, that's that's a disappointing development. Uh, but how do you see this uh, situation going for the Mariners? Uh, I'll trust Depoto at his word on this one. I mean, it could be a split 80-20 or something like that, and it wouldn't surprise me at all. So I, I think you got to ask yourself, is Seawald still useful enough in your league with the Ks and the ratios if he's not getting any saves before you make a decision about possibly dropping him this weekend? All righty. So uh, let's move on to some non-trade news. 
Bryce Harper leaving the Nationals second game of their doubleheader, or I'm sorry, the Phillies second game of the doubleheader with the Nationals uh, with a tight back, but Harper says he will be back on Friday. Reese Hoskins also uh, leaving for the Phillies with a groin injury. He is day-to-day. Lourdes Gurriel Jr. hit by a pitch on his elbow. He is day-to-day. X-rays are negative, so good development there for Gurriel. Uh, Jose Abreu with a stiff neck. Eloy Jimenez, of course, just returned to the White Sox lineup. He's now got a tight groin. Neither one played on Thursday at Kansas City. Nationals uh, have placed Trey Turner uh, as well, along with uh, Austin Both, Daniel Hudson, and Alex Avila on the COVID IL. So that, of course, now is an issue that it looks like the Dodgers will, will be dealing with with Trey Turner. Uh, Brandon Crawford activated by the Giants going one for three with a double and a walk in his first game back with the Giants against the Dodgers on Thursday. Corey Seager, who we just mentioned, uh, he is expected back on Friday, and Mookie Betts uh, expected to be activated this Sunday. So Dodgers getting even more back, just in addition to uh, the trade haul for them. And Tanner Houck going back to AAA Worcester for the Red Sox. I don't know how long that's going to be, but um, something to keep an eye on there. Jacob deGrom through a light bullpen session on Thursday. Luis Rojas says that deGrom's now expected to face live hitters very soon. So hopefully we see his return maybe within a couple of weeks. Luis Severino throwing three innings of live batting practice on Thursday. Next step for him is to up that to five or six innings of live BP. Kyle Lewis is not expected back until late August. Uh, DVR, does this change anything for you in terms of um, hold or drop status for Lewis? Yeah, if you hadn't dropped him already in leagues with limited or no IL spots, I think it's okay to do that now. Take your chances. Maybe you can pick up again at the time that he returns. It's also possible that when he comes back, he's not necessarily an everyday player right away. So then you're waiting a couple of weeks where he's only playing four or five games a week uh, instead of, of six or seven. All right. And on that note, too, going back to Corey Seager, given that you know he was dealing with a fractured hand, and that's an injury that oftentimes takes a player a while to, to really get back to full uh, full form with uh do you have any concerns there for seeker yeah, a little bit those types of injuries can sap power you know if you lose a little bit of grip strength or if you you could pretty easily have a setback or an aggravation of an injury like that uh, definitely a concern in the places where i've got seeker all right and then just a couple other notes here hector santiago gets an 80 game suspension uh for testosterone and terry francona he's going to take a leave of absence for the rest of the season uh, he's going to have foot surgery to deal with the staph infection. So uh, wishing Tan- Terry Francona well, uh, but uh, yeah, no more managing for him in 2021. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, let's uh, get to some more routine discussion here at DVR and talk about some players who performed well on Thursday. Joey Votto, yet another game with a homer. Unbelievable. Uh, Two hits in total for Votto against the Cubs, his 20th home run of the season. And a trio of hitters with two homer games, Austin Meadows, Miguel Cabrera, Manny Pena. Don't know that there's anything there, anything surprising or actionable with those three players? I don't think so. All right, we move on then. Josh Harrison, who also may no longer be a national within the next few hours. Big doubleheader for him against the Phillies. Five for eight with his eighth home run of the season. Three doubles over those two games. He's now up to 22 on the season. 
And so coming into that double header, Harrison had already been very, very hot. 21 for his last 61 with eight doubles and a couple of triples. So does it matter where he winds up or if he stays? Uh, and does anything change for you just based on the recent hot streak? I think answering the first question, I, I expect him to land with a contender where the playing time might fluctuate quite a bit from week to week. When someone's injured, Harrison could be nearly an everyday player. When everyone's healthy, Harrison could be a 50% playing time share sort of guy. So I'd be a little bit careful with him in those mid-sized mixed leagues. Like he's an on-again, off-again sort of player after the deadline. Uh, hot streak, nah, does not change it much for me. I, I think Harrison's just a nice all-around player. Uh, a little bit of like a, a more versatile Cesar Hernandez in some ways we talked about earlier, but with less certain playing time. Yeah, and less power this season, too, at least of the home run variety. But, uh, yeah, can uh, certainly help you with the multi-positional flexibility. So a couple of pitchers who went deeper than I think we might have expected. Casey Mize going seven innings deep for the Tigers against the Orioles. One unearned run for him. Luis Patino, very nice start against the Yankees. Six innings, uh, no runs allowed on three hits and a couple of walks with eight strikeouts. Uh, is this something we can see more of going forward, especially with Mize, uh, at least reportedly, on uh, a pitch count? I'm still pretty nervous about Mize's workload in the final two months of the season, but maybe they're better off letting him work like this and just shutting him down a little earlier. If you shut him down in the third week of August because he hit his innings limit and you actually let him pitch five-plus innings for all of his remaining starts, that seems better to me than just having him go three and four innings at a time and getting him a little further into the season, having him go into maybe the second week of September. The Patino situation, I think, is interesting because he had an injury earlier this year. Because of that missed time, I don't think he's anywhere close to his season innings caps. I think they can use him as much as they want, as, as well as he's going to pitch. They can use him for as many innings as he's available for the rest of the way. And I think the way that team's built right now, they need quality innings from him. Maybe they'll trade for more pitching help today, Al, but I think Patino is a key piece for the Rays. Yeah, that could be. We'll uh, we'll see what moves are made there. And Kyle Freeland with a really nice start against the Padres. Uh, another good one for Freeland, just one run over six innings. We're going to talk about more him a little bit more later on, but I do want to get to the Friday streaming options. There are four, I think, that are worth talking about here. Tuki Toussaint at home against the Brewers. Ross Stripling at home against the Royals. Ryan Weathers gets that... Uh, that uh, matchup against the Rockies away from Coors Field that everybody likes to see. And the Marlins will be starting Zach Thompson at home against the Yankees. So uh, anybody here that you would hesitate to stream? Tukey only because of the past issues with control. I like the way he's been pitching deep into games. The Brewers just came off a series against the Pirates where they were scoring at will. And I realize it's a Pirates team that's moving pieces right now and is obviously not in great form overall. But I prefer Weathers of this group then Stripling, then Thompson, and then Tukey, if you're looking at all four. All right. So, yeah, all interesting options to consider. But let's talk about the fab options this weekend. This is obviously an incomplete list. A lot can change over the next few hours with new opportunities being created for players because of trades. Uh, but as it stands right now, uh, Abraham Toro getting a, a new lease on Fantasy Life in Seattle. I'm going to be looking for him. And Tyrone Taylor, who's uh, finding playing time and productivity with the Brewers. Kyle Freeland, I mentioned before, he's now had seven really good starts in a row. Uh, not walking very many batters, not giving up very many barrels whatsoever. A uh, couple of home starts this week, but but pretty good matchups. And then Michael Walk is also, we've talked about him on a recent episode. He's got a two-start week coming up, and he's really been uh, quite good. And then uh, Kyle Finnegan, we talked about. Anthony Bender maybe in line for some saves for the Marlins. Uh, who are you looking at this weekend? 
Toro's at the top of my list right now. Obviously, that can change. A lot can change in the next uh, eight hours or so between now and when the deadline actually happens. So I think that's a good list. And I think the the Sunday episode of the Athletic Fantasy Baseball podcast that you're going to do with Michael Beller is going to be a must-listen because of all the movement we've had. So be sure to tune in for that. And yeah, we'll be able to pick up the pieces uh, that haven't fallen yet uh, as we record this episode. So that is going to be it for this episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15. And if you do have an opportunity to uh, rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast, we greatly appreciate it. For Derek Van Riper, I'm Al Melkier. We'll return on this podcast on Monday. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.